son. Nothing else in the world smells like that. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? The whole hill. Smells like... Victory. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Contiki Podcast. I hope this finds you in relatively good spirits out there. This is the place where each week I talk to filmmakers, musicians, or artists and get their recommendation for a killer double feature film to watch while we are all collectively inside for the most part these days. You know, while in quarantine, um, you go on these little mini adventures, whether it's uh, organization or some sort of new hobby. Um, my last mini adventure involved a haircut, which I administered to myself for the first time in my life. Um, you know, when you do the self haircut, your vanity really goes under the microscope a little bit. Uh, I didn't, I didn't fancy myself as some person that was, was all that vain, but you know, when the clippers were just inches from my head, I, I started to have a rush of panic um, for what was about to go down in there. My wife had, uh, generously offered to do it. She cut our kids' hair, but, you know, I figured that if I was going to completely jack up my hair, I should be the one responsible. There's enough tension in the house with kids and the impending apocalypse and whatnot. Uh, we didn't need a bad haircut between us. So I was going to take responsibility for this. And, um, you know, it, it went all right. You know, I mean, the flip side is, you know, I'm not seeing anyone. So what the hell? It doesn't really matter. But, uh, I thought I did a pretty good job. I, I spent a long time, um, you know, kind of tweaking it. And I came out, you know, and I presented it to her. And I said, what do you think? And she just looked at me blankly and, and said, it looks like you, you cut your own hair. And I know what that meant, you know. But uh, but I got through it. You know, that's, that's what we're, we're here to learn, I guess, a little bit, you know. You never know what you're able to accomplish under incredible hardship until you're put in that position. Some people realize they can work around the clock and selflessly sacrifice and save lives despite danger. And some of us realize we can, we can step up and cut our own hair. So, silver lining this week. On the program today, we have a true original, frontman of the Flaming Lips, Wayne Coyne. I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and it was a pleasure to talk to Wayne, get his picks for a double feature film, and find out what's going on in his world. Not surprisingly, Wayne brought a couple of fairly surreal movies to the table, both of which I love. One of them actually spawned yet another recommendation, so technically this turned into a, a triple feature program. But it was a great talk. I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, let's go now to my conversation with Wayne Coyne. Hello? Hey, it's Wayne. Hey, Wayne. How are you? Oh, you know, I kept hitting the pin number, and then I'd hit the... Like it needs to dial it again. I think it would just keep hanging up. And I was like, what the fuck? So sorry about that. I think it's working now. Oh, all good. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thanks for getting on the phone with me. I really appreciate it. What, what are you guys doing out there? Well, you know, we're kind, of, we're kind of used to staying home. You know, we, always, we would always dread people stopping by anyway. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, like, right. Don't come by, you know, Jesus. You know, um, <laughs> and, you know, we get... 
we would get invited out to a lot of things and feel, you know, quite guilty previous to this, you know, we'd feel guilty that we, I mean, it's a lot of wonderful things, art openings and bands coming through town or whatever, you know, and a lot of times we would, you know, we would say, well, we don't, we, you know, we don't want to, or we, we can't or whatever. And, and then we'd feel guilty, you know, the, you know, later in the night, like, oh shit, you know, but now we, now we don't feel any guilt about not going, you know, cause there's no, <laughs> there's no art openings or no, no show. So, um, we can just dive right in and, um, okay. you know, there you uh, go. T- t- tell me, tell me what your, uh, what a, what a good double feature recommendation of the coin household looks like. We live in such a great times, you know, whereas these movies, almost every movie that someone could mention on your, on your podcast, you know, you could almost immediately find it and watch it. You know, we live in such great times. I mean, back in the day, you know, it used to, I mean, you know, I mean, I was born in 1961, so that's going a long ways back, but it used to be, you know, if a movie didn't play, you know, on television, you just didn't see it. You know, if you, and when it, you know, it was either in the theater, you know, and you saw it there or you didn't see it, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's hard to, to kind of relate to just how immediate and wonderful it is to have the whole history of, movies and music and art and everything as if you're like the wealthiest person in the world and you have like this great library you know it used to be remember the the, the i guess he was a millionaire howard hughes remember him sure yeah of course you know and one of the things that he would do is you know in his in his hotel room that he lived in is he would have a his own movies, you know, he would watch his movies in there. You know, he had a projection and projectionists come in and they would show movies. Like, that's what, you know, the richest guy in the world would do in his spare time. He'd sit around in his underwear and watch movies by himself. Well, now we all, we all live like him. You know, you basically can just watch any movie you want virtually any time you want. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and, I, and it is wonderful, but as you're saying that, I just had, and this just, kind of uh, harkens back to a conversation I had with another guest where we were, we were sort of, um, you know, romanticizing a time period where we were in our twenties and, and it was almost sort of about the hunt though. Like, you know, say in the eighties or nineties, like you have that independent uh, record store or you have that, you know, uh, movie store where, and, and you get wind of something and it's almost like this white whale where you're like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing how do I get a copy of that? And you go to the store and you ask the clerk and like, Oh yeah, there's like, there's only like a foreign imprint of that or something. You know, it was like, it was like, and then, I mean, when you'd actually find this film or the, or this album or something, it was, it was so miraculous and incredible. Like the journey you'd have to go on to like find these, find these things it was really fun that, that, you know, like our kids in this new generation don't have, they can just pull it up instantly. But I, I do prefer to occupy this space because Obviously, it is so much better, and uh, you know, even talking to people and, and hearing the recommendations, I'll, I'll, I'm certainly going back and rewatching things or finding new things, and that's awesome. Yeah, you can just pull up literally anything you want at this point. It's really cool. Yeah, um, but I mean, that other part, you know, it is valuable too. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm right, but I kind of think everything is like eating a meal. You know. Um, and what I mean is, you know, it's like if you're, 
really fucking hungry and the food is really fucking good. You know, you've, you've got a good mixture there, you know, but Mm -hmm. I always sort of, I, I sort of make the analogy of like, you know, the way that music and movies and art are available. It's like you went out to dinner and you ate a great meal. And then you go out to dinner five minutes later and you're like, I'm not hungry, um, but here it comes. And then you go out to dinner and right. after that, and you're like, I, you know, you can only, I mean, to me, you can only really watch a couple of movies at a time and you're really kind of done. So I agree with you. It's like the, the movies that I picked, you know, back in the day would have been these type of movies. So so I don't know who the director is of the film Slaughterhouse Five. You know, it's 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 a it's a movie based on the Kurt Vonnegut, um, you know, story novel or whatever it is. You know, um, which I don't really know. I don't know the the you know his version of it. I just know the the movie version of it. And it's an it's an insanely um, great 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 fucking movie. You know, and, and it, it's full of um, it's kind of, I mean, the two that I pick, but do I do, do I get to say what the two are right away? Well, let's stay on this one. Let's stay on this one. Okay, and then we'll, okay. we'll lead into the yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hang on this one for a minute. And, um, and I'll contextualize it really quickly though. What you're right. It's 1972, uh, it's directed by George Roy Hill. Um, who was also famously the director of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and, uh, the sting with Paul Newman. And then also, did some comedies like Slapshot uh, later on in his career, but um, really good director. Oh, good. Okay. And um, okay. yeah. in this book, and and so so wait, so so you didn't come to this, you didn't come to this through the Vonnegut book. You saw the film first. No, I mean I would have known, you know, about you know some of Kurt Vonnegut's stuff, you know, but it was only, um, you know, it's probably that we knew about him more through the movie than just you know on our own. I mean. I think Kurt Vonnegut, I think he's, he's someone that we probably all would have thought, oh, he's cool. And we, you know, someone that we all thought he's cool, even though I don't know any of his stuff, you know, I would be standing next to him at the grocery store and not know it was him, you know, but you'd say, oh, he must be cool or whatever. Um, and I, and he probably is. I just never, um, end up reading that sort of stuff. And I, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm less of a, person because of that it just you know it's just not something i don't you know i don't sit there and and i don't know like if i'm on an airplane in a hotel room i'm not reading a book you know i'm, I'm involved with everybody doing what everybody's doing and so i know it's um something gotcha happened gotcha I don't know. yeah i'm not gonna take any points away from you as a person for this but 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 but, but I, that is interesting just because the book was like very seminal so so it is interesting for me to hear that yeah, you came up, up, up upon the film first, though. So, so yeah. So, what what was your? I mean, it's it, it's an amazing story, and it's it's surrealism, and it's uh, wartime, and it's 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 incredible. Right. I mean, this idea that it's jumping around, you know, back and forth to you know the past to the future, and and you know that that part of it um, is, you know, I mean, I, it it predates like I, I don't know, like the way. Um, um, Tarantino does stuff or something, you know, it kind of just jumps around. It, it's not a linear story. And I think, you know, when you're first exposed to that, um, you, you know, you're kind of like, well, what is this? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, I'm, and I'm sure the, if you know the book, it's probably, that's probably, you know, sets you up for that. 
But I absolutely loved it, and I loved that it's kind of brutal. You know, I think that's that's the part of it that really sticks with you. It's kind of, um, you know, some of it's kind of funny, and some of it's kind of almost slapstick. But some of it is 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 absolutely brutal, and yeah, it's and it is it's surreal. But I don't sometimes when people say surreal or fantasy or you know whatever you know i've seen a lot of you know bad student psychedelic films you know and I, it's not like that you know it, it really is right, compelling right. compelling um even though it's jumping you know from the past to the future and all that it, it's a great great story even if you don't make all the connections you know the first time you see it i've, I've probably seen it you know, 20 times or something by now. And like, oh, I, you know, you kind of know, oh, this connects to that and this connects to that. But even, even if, if you don't know of all the connections, I, it's still a great, great, um, bizarre story. Parts of it is, is set in World War II. And then part of it is set in some, you know, the future, which still kind of looks like the future. It hasn't happened yet or something. You know, it still looks like a future that we're, we're about to get into or something. Um, and well, yeah, it's it's got great surprises. It's got great acting. It's 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 funny. It's brutal. It's um, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. And this this title, Slaughterhouse Five, you know, it kind of because it has this other tone to it that 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 title almost makes you feel like oh, I don't want to see a bunch of you know a brutal uh, war you know war stuff you know. And so, you know, it's a, it's a great title, but I think sometimes it's, it's a little too, like, brutal for, for how funny and how charming the, the movie is. What would you pair uh, Slaughterhouse-Five with? Because I do like your pairing for this quite a bit there, too. I think there's a lot of, a lot of good connection uh, with, with yours. So what's your second film? Well, the second film is, like, it's another kind of, you know, psychedelic version of a war film. And, I, and, and so my second one is Apocalypse Now. And I, I know, you know, that Francis Ford Coppola, I mean, he's a famous director. And, you know, it's a famous movie that he, he directed. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a quite famous movie. But it, it, again, would be one that we only really got to know um, you know, once it's released on, you know, at the video stores, you know, cause I, I think when it was, when it came out 1980 or 1980, it was, or is it earlier than that? You know, um, well, it came out 79, you know, but it was probably doing theatrical okay. in, in 82, I would guess, because it, it won okay, best picture. And so even if it came and went, I bet it did a re-release, uh, in the theaters in 80, it, it would be my guess, but yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, and living in, um, Oklahoma city, you know, it's, it, uh, you know, you it, movies wouldn't always play very long or whatever. And so I don't, I don't think we saw it at the movie theater. You know, I think we only knew about it. Um, once it was on video and then only once that they made this, documentary about the making of it there's a documentary that francis Ford i was going to bring that up yeah yeah his Ele wife, Eleanor, his wife, wife makes this yes yeah yeah i mean i mean to me that is called hearts of darkness based on the novel yeah. um but 
Man, yeah. that is such an intriguing documentary. I mean, to me, that's almost better than, than watching the film itself. Um, well, I agree. So, I mean, so meta, it, <laughs> you know. It, it really is, because once you, once you, you know, hear what went into it and all that, it makes you want to go see those scenes again and all that. So, so that documentary, once we, you know, we'd seen the movie, but then once that, you know, that became available and you could watch that, that kind of gave it another level, you know, it more, more of a story, more depth and more about just the, you know, how the film was made. Then you're watching it knowing all these things and that, and so, you know, it's, it's a war film, but you know, apocalypse now doesn't really deal with war. I mean, it's such a bizarre psychedelic you know, fucked up adventure. You know, you're not, you're not quite sure is this, did this, any of this ever really happen or is this just some kind of, you know, bad acid, acid trip version of, of Vietnam or something? You know, you know, you don't, you don't really know. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, his whole journey, um, is, is very, very, yeah, in terms of, in terms of like, you know, straight up battlefield scenes. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very introspective psychological, uh, descent into madness, really, and, and, and that's sort of yeah. what exactly yeah. Coppola went through making it, which was so, which is what is so fascinating about you know the companion documentary piece um, is that uh, what what he put on the line was everything to make that film, and it, and everything went wrong that could that could go wrong, and and it was just um, it was just fascinating that that I was all documented and and to look at. It's really it's really great. Well, and those, you know, those scenes where he puts the, um, the Jim Morrison Doors, uh, song, um, mm -hmm. in there, you know, this is the late, like you said, 1979. So, you know, early eighties, you know, late seventies or whatever. And by this time, you know, this, 60s music, especially, you know, American 60s music, like The Doors of Grateful Dead, you know, there's, people just don't even care about it anymore. And this, when this, he does that scene in, in the movie, there's a couple of scenes where he's using um, the end by The Doors, and it right. is just amazing. I mean, it's just perfect. And it, it, it made me re-listen to that song even, you know, and that's what, that's the power of storytelling and movies and context and images and, and, and sound going together. It's just like, man, before seeing it in the movie, I never really thought about the song to tell you the truth. You know, it's a great, great, insane uh, song. Um, but it always felt, you know, kind of pretentious or overblown or whatever. But then after I saw it in the movie, I, I, I changed my view of it a thousand percent and, and absolutely loved it. So, you know, you never know what, what part of your mind is going to be blown open and then you're going to see something new, you know, even, even though it's a movie, I'm walking away loving, loving the music in it as well. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah. Great yeah. Pairing artwork like that is very interesting. Um, that happens to me that way and then vice versa like a piece of music will appear in a film that i wasn't necessarily drawn to before but the the scene was so incredible or the way that it was shown and used makes me go back and then like pick up that album and then vice versa like you can have a very sort of mundane 
visual on the screen, but if you put in the right music cue, um, all of a sudden that scene is amazing. You know, so well, it, yeah. it, it's yeah. music and film, the way they work together that way is incredible. And uh, yeah, Apocalypse Now being sort of bookend by that piece of music is, is really powerful to me as well. Yeah, and, and there's something in that strangeness of that drone of that song and 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 jim morrison is you know he's a he's a strange lyricist or whatever it just it really did kind of have some it gave you some version of what this madness of vietnam or something must have been like to these young guys you know getting their their minds completely blown by all this the drugs and the violence and and you know what with this new world that they were thrown into so um yeah, just just fascinating, you know. So, um, Apocalypse Now would be a movie that if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you might think, "Oh, well, is that just a bunch of hype?" It's not just a bunch of hype. It's it's amazing. Well, um, do you feel well, like you've got enough well, for, thanks, your, man. for your show? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. thank you. This is a great this is a great uh, recommendation. I like the two nineteen seventies sort of. Um, you know, kind of nightmarish war film combo here. Uh, this is this is really good. I like that a lot. I appreciate that. So, Slaughterhouse Five, Apocalypse Now. Uh, what are you? Um, what are you? What are you up to these days? What are you? What are you occupying your time with? Uh, was anything kind of put on hold because of everything? Were you guys? Did you have to cancel well, shows or are you writing music? Or we didn't have as the Flaming Lips. We didn't have that many shows till you know about midsummer, and so you know all that seems like it's, it's on hold for the moment. And we had just got done recording a bunch of like an album that's going to come out in the, in the middle of the summer. And so we were kind of in this nether zone anyway, where we were like, Oh, okay, we're not going to do anything for a couple of months exactly at the time that this is happening. And a lot of times I'm doing my stuff, you know, kind of from my house, Anyway, I mean, we do spend lots of time in the studio and that's, you know, we're not doing that at the moment, you know, because everybody's got uh, grandmothers and, and small and small kids and stuff, you know. Um, right. But not that radically different from the way we have lived our life, you know, for the past, you know, 15 years. Anyway, a lot of times I'm just, you know, I can't really remember if it's Monday or if it's Saturday because I'm just getting up and doing my stuff. I don't, I'm not really in a... You know, I'm not in the, in the same, you know, work a day thing like the, you know, a lot of the world is, you know. Um, but, um, we had some tornadoes at the end of last week and my house got flooded. Um, oh. nothing too bad, but it's the sort of thing that spurred, uh, Katie, uh, my wife Katie and myself to just, okay, now we're going to attack these places that have been flooding and we can clean them up and just do it ourselves and that i think that's been really helpful for us because you do kind of get lost in your stuff and then you come back to reality you're like oh yeah this thing is happening you know you kind of you know it's easy to get caught up in your in, in the moment and it's you know you're you're brought back to reality and so i think it's good and 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 um you know to to keep yourself occupied and to be busy and not let your um, your imagination, um, you know, put too much dread into your, into your life, you know? Totally. Yeah, absolutely agree with that 100%. Well, thank you, man. I, I hope that, uh, 
you guys stay well amidst uh, some of the natural disasters and some of yeah. the uh, ep- well, epidemic. Keep, you know, um, I wish you guys the best. Yeah, let's keep texting each other. Send me some uh, pictures of your kids and let's, let's, let's uh, stay in touch and, and see how we get through this thing. You got it, man. Take care, and uh, thanks again for being on. I really appreciate it. All right, cool. All right, all right, bye. Bye, man. So that's the show. Really great chat, and I loved his combination of films. Again, those were Slaughterhouse-Five and Apocalypse Now. Or as an alternative version, I would also recommend Apocalypse Now with Hearts of Darkness, the documentary about the making of Apocalypse. Really, really wonderful film. Make sure you check out all the Flaming Lips activity for this summer and beyond at flaminglips.com. Wayne Coyne also has a great Instagram page. You can find him at waynecoyne5. That's Wayne Coyne in the number five there. And uh, stay up to date with him, too. Make sure you visit us on Instagram as well at Contiki Podcast, all one word, and follow us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Today's show is brought to you again by Brainiac Transmissions After Zero. The feature-length documentary explores the 90s band Brainiac and features Steve Albini, Fred Armisen, Buzz Osborne, David Yao, and many, many more great indie rock icons of the time. So visit Brainiac Film for details or find it on iTunes, Amazon, or Vimeo. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with another double feature film from one of your favorite artists. Stay in, stay sane, and be well.